I don't ever say to myself that I'm never going to be able to eat this food again or I'm never going to be able to do that again. You know, it's I just stick with, well, today I don't. Today my body likes it this way. And I think if we don't put that, well, I found for myself, if I don't put that huge like end date or whatever on, then it, the actual journey's a lot easier. And it's actually, you don't feel like you're missing out. This podcast does not constitute medical advice. All changes surrounding medications, diet and exercise should be made in consultation with a professional who can assess your unique health circumstances. Welcome to the Rheumatoid Solutions Podcast with Clint Patterson, helping you to live an easier, healthier and happier life. Welcome back to the Rheumatoid Solutions Podcast. My guest today is Nikki, and she's in the North Island of New Zealand. And aren't we in for a treat? She's going to talk about how after being diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis at 15 years old, she is now asymptomatic as an adult after being through the usual uh, process with rheumatology and with medications and so on. She's going to tell us how she managed to achieve that against the odds and the statistics and to be able to not just be asymptomatic with such a chronic diagnosis, but also to run a very successful kinesiology business and help others. And so it's a real pleasure to welcome you to the show. Here you go. Hi, good plan. Thanks for having me. Oh, so it's, good. It's, yeah, as I said, I'm, I'm really excited. We are in for a treat. Give us the trailer of this little movie that we're about to experience. What's your little trailer? Out? Okay. So, well, I, I guess the grudge of it is, is that from I went from my CRP levels um, when the inflammation and the pain was just out of control, out of this world from about 100, maybe more, down to what well, probably would have seen about two months down to three. And then I got it down to one within about three to four months. And it's been one off and on pretty much one for the, like for the rest five years since I started your program. So, yeah, so pretty, pretty amazing. All thanks to you. <laughs> well, wow. You've obviously invested a ton of energy and time and commitment to this to be able to get those kind of results. So you're going to be a yeah. wealth of information and what to do, what not to do. And we're going yeah, to explore sure. that in detail. But before we get there, so when I say in the intro, uh, asymptomatic, so you're able to wake up in the morning and uh, not have like 10 steps that hurt as you walk out of bed and no, reach not for the at all. kettle and hurt your hand yeah. as you pick up the kettle. None no, oh God, I did that though. I was there. No, I, um, not at all. I mean, I can pretty much now, I, I if I've got some type of pain, um, I can pinpoint it's funny, like I've got a food pain and I've got an emotional stress pain. So if my body is like that sharp, kind of like almost like that glass pain, you know, that real horrible glass pain, I know that's the food that I've eaten that my body's not liking. Um, and so I will look back in the last two days to kind of go, okay, what was it? And it might have been because I've eaten something a bit naughty, like a, or I've been out and, you know, the wrong oil or something's been cooked with the food. But if I have more of a rolly pain, I call it, which is like a more of an inflamed pain, that will, for me, I know there's some emotional stress going on. So I then can identify what's been happening in my life and then I focus on trying to sort out that emotional stress. So, so no, but primarily if none of those are on board, then I'm good to go. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's, it's brilliant. 
And I'm glad you gave that insight into different types of pain. Um, we're always looking for that, aren't we, with our bodies? Yeah. So, yeah. For, ex- for example, I talk a lot about the difference between synovitis, which is the true oh, yeah. rheumatoid arthritis activity yeah. that we all think of, uh, yeah. versus um, tendonitis, which is uh, usually uh, initiated by the inflammation that's present from the synovitis. Yeah. However, yeah. it's treated in a completely different way, even mm. though it's at the joint level. Yeah. And so tendonitis requires a lot of engaged tissue. We have to use that part of the, the tissue yeah. and yeah. that can resolve it. But the yeah. synovitis uh, needs a systemic approach. Uh, we can't just go and you know, bang, bang that knee out with 20 reps no. and expect synovitis. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So yes. I love it. I love the, yeah. Dis- yeah. the, the discerning thoughts there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that comes, I think, with being a kinesiology practitioner. You've got experience yeah. in, in the body at, at a different uh, education than the rest of us. So we'll talk about that too and what mm-hmm. you've learned from that and helping others. But first, sure. uh, let's, uh, let's explore your your uh, backstory a little bit, diagnosed at 15, uh, sort of an awkward time to get something so yeah. horrible. Yeah, Talk yeah, us was, through that. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I started, I wasn't in any pain at that at that age, but I had um, a lump on my foot, um, which was quite painful. So they initially thought I had bone cancer, so they put me in for surgery. Um, and then after the surgery, they came out to my parents going, good news, good news, it's only arthritis. And so I guess at the time that was good news for them, but you know, I, that's when I got my diagnosis of rheumatoid arthritis. Yeah. So at 15. So, so yeah, I mean, as a teenager, it's a pretty, I, I think when I initially was, cause I wasn't in pain at that time. So I didn't initially have that um, fear, I guess, because I didn't know what I was, what I was in for. So, um, but it was then I went to see, because I obviously had the disease, I went to see a rheumatologist. Um, and that's kind of where my fear started because <laughs> the the appointment there was pretty non-inspiring from the get-go, um, to be fair. The rheumatologist, I remember him walking in and he was all hunched over. He walked with a cane. Um, I remember looking at his, his hands were so arthritic and I remember looking at them just going, oh, my God, like here's this, this person, a specialist who – um, who I'm meant to be getting help for this disease I've got, and he doesn't seem to have been helping himself. And and I remember it was funny because I remember seeing his hands. I used to sit on my hands, like I used to sit flat on them because at 15 I was like, I don't want my hands to be like that, you know, and thinking that that would solve it. And I did that for years. Um, but it was in it was in that appointment that the rheumatologist told me. He said, um, "So just know that the only job that you'll ever have will be." sitting in a chair behind a desk that's all you'll be able to do um, and I can guarantee you you'll be in a wheelchair by the time you're 40. So that was when my fear started and I was like what was this man talking about? So so yeah that was my diag- you know the diagnosis was that and then he just told me what my future was going to be like and that was it and then it was like okay off you go. <laughs> so yeah very very non-inspiring. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah, now, what did you do from a medication point of view throughout those subsequent years? Well, at that point, they didn't. I was wasn't put on any medication. I was given anti-inflammatories, and I was just said to. Well, that was the medication. I was said to take that um, if I ever felt any pain. Being 15, um, 15, 16, I would just pop them anyway. 
because I was just scared in my little mind thinking, well, I don't want to hand like him. I don't want to look like him. So I'm just going to keep taking the anti-inflammatories now. So I wasn't educated. You know, I wasn't told anything, which I really wish that I was back then. But, you know, we know a lot more now than we did back then, I guess. But then it wasn't until I was 20 when around 20, when my pain kind of really set in, I started noticing it. Um, and that's when I was living in New York at the time and living with my aunt in New York. And I, my, both my knees were getting quite sore and I'd had bars and I couldn't get myself out of the bath because they were so swollen. So I used to call out to my aunt to come and help me out of the bath. Um, needless to say, I stopped having bars at her house after that for a while. But that was when I went and saw a specialist in New York, a rheumatologist in New York, and that's when they put me on methotrexate. Yeah, so that's when that started. Yeah. How did yeah. you respond to methotrexate? Uh, Nisha Maddock, um, rheumatologist, says, you know, up to 40% of people don't respond to methotrexate. And so, yeah. I mean, how were you? Well, initially, yeah, I didn't notice any difference within my pain or within the activity of the rheumatoid. I mean, I was on it for many years and I've still, I still ended up having a full knee replacement, which I had 11 years ago. Um, I've got... Um, damage in my joints so I've got limited rotation and extension in my elbows um and, and 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 so I still and this was while I was on the methotrexate so it didn't it didn't stop didn't help me in any way well I don't feel I also got the side effects I used to get headaches and dizziness and um my obviously having to have um uh, checks and blood tests for my kidneys and my kidneys started um not functioning properly so yeah, it was pretty scary. I didn't really, yeah, I didn't at all enjoy being on methotrexate. Um, I saw yeah. no, yeah, no point Likewise. to it for me. Likewise. Mm. Likewise, I was fortunate to get, I probably guess at about 60% pain reduction. So I oh, yeah. got a quite a yeah. significant amount, but I was at a 10 when I went on, like 10 out of 10 yeah. problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like couldn't yeah. walk. I was like totally yeah. just, like I was like, just like you described your rheumatologist yeah. with my posture and everything without yeah. the permanent finger damage. But, yeah. um, and so after the methotrexate, uh, you know, I was able to, to have, uh, you know, some improvement, but boy, did the fatigue kick me mm. in the guts. Yeah. That fatigue yeah. was unlike anything I'd ever yeah. had. So I was, I, uh, I, I always use the phrase of walking zombie. I just was like, yeah. almost like you're drowning under the fatigue. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that was that was my unique experience with it. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. But but and so you went through uh, and and sort of stayed on that drug for how long? And um, um, how'd, how'd you come off it? Yeah, I was probably on it for four years, maybe three to four years. Um, mm -hmm. And this is what I yeah I wouldn't advocate by the way and 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 the way that I did it. I think because of my experience. Well, I know from my experience from the rheumatologist and the medical system, I lost complete faith in them. So, um, and I saw that I was having this reaction to the methotrexate and that I wasn't feeling any better. In fact, I was starting to feel worse because I was also, I mean, I was traveling, I was in London, I was partying, I was doing all these things I shouldn't have been doing to my body. So I wasn't helping it by any means, but, but I still wasn't seen. I was still getting worried. So I just stopped it myself. Um, so I wish... I really, it's one of the things I really wish now looking back that I did have that rheumatologist or find that rheumatologist that was on the same, you know, on the same plane as me, um, who supported me in the way and what I wanted to do with nutrition and things like that. But I just didn't have that awareness then. I didn't, I didn't even know that existed, you know? So, um, so yeah, I, I, I would do things differently now 
but yeah, as I say, we do we know a lot more now. So you know, this is where this education I think is so important for people who get this diagnosis to to you know that there are other options to not have that you know that future of a wheelchair. I guess absolutely. So you did something what similar to me, which was end up coming off the methotrexate without actually having that final sort of handshake at the <laughs> rheumatology and said, yeah. okay, you're on five yeah. milligram, you might as well stop. Right. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, in my yeah, case, I, I actually, I, I actually forgot to pack it from the US, and then oh, uh, yeah. that's how it came about. Yeah. Uh, you know, by the time it actually got sent to me by my mother-in-law after a week after I realised I was meant to take it, where is it? You know, it had been mm. it had been a month or something, and so I thought, well, let's just see what happens. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's what happened with me, and then so you you were living a sort of a mid twenties life in mm. Europe, having fun. Yeah. And yep. it just sort of fell out of your routine in a exactly. way that you thought was convenient at the time. And that's just, yep. this is life, yep. these things happen. Yeah, yep, absolutely, yeah. Right. And yep. so have you ever taken another uh, disease-modifying drug or um, anti-inflammatories? What have you done since your mid-20s? Um, yeah, I mean, I was still taking anti-inflammatories. I would just, I'd just pop them like candy, you know, like I, I would have them I would have a slow release one, so I'd take it at night so then I could function in the morning. And I would have them beside my bed. And I remember there was always that, that fear that if they weren't there, it was like, oh, my God, like, you know, I'd, I'd go down to a 24-7 pharmacy to make sure that I had them. And so I was still taking them um, just to just to kind of try and function, you know, obviously. But but no, no other no other medication after methotrexate. Yeah, just the anti-inflammatories okay. wow. for many years, yeah. Okay. Um, Let's talk about your knee replacement, just because I've never spoken about this before on another Mm -hmm. episode, and there's going to be a percentage of people who are either scheduled to get one, thinking about getting one, having had one, or terrified of the whole experience. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah. uh, Let's just spend a few minutes just uh, sharing our our experiences with it, because I've had one as well. Uh, Okay, yeah. What what happened with me, real quick, just to put this into a framework, uh, my knee was like replaceable back in around 2009, just three mm. years after diagnosis, because I tore my ACL the same Oof. week I got diagnosed with RA. The oh. ACL added a tremendous amount of additional trauma to the knee. Yeah. So yeah. it would not heal properly or wouldn't. Mm. It was just an inflammation sort of uh, a magnet. And I just couldn't exercise it to, uh, sufficiently to get range of motion. I was doing Bikram yoga just to walk every day. It was a nightmare. And then I managed to avoid a replacement and mm. did 10, 10 years uh, by doing oh, wow. the lifestyle that I have and managed Amazing. to put, yeah. put up with just a really arthritic knee, right? Like yeah, a bone yeah, yeah. on bone in three compartments. Yeah, yeah. Um, painful. But, but my life is working around these issues. That's what yeah. I did. Yeah. So we then got so, but then I triggered my inflammation again uh, several years ago at a restaurant by eating a massive oh, oily meal. So I remember reading back. that. Yeah, it went to my yeah. knee. I couldn't mm. recover the knee, and yeah. the doctor said this thing uh, it must be replaced. So that's mm. what happened with me. So yeah. given that little, so what's been your experience? When did you have it done? You said uh, some. It's about years eleven ago? years ago now. Yeah. Yeah. How is how's been your experience with the whole whole thing? Um, well, I mean, same it, leading up to it, it was um I lived with it, lived with the pain for many, many years. And it got to the point we were living in, you know, we we're, were living in Perth at the time and we'd 
we would go walking. My daughter was young and we'd want to go walking on the beach and I couldn't walk on the beach because I couldn't bend my knee. It was just straight, you know, it was just that bad. I remember at nighttime, you know, because I'm asleep on my tummy and I'd wake up in the middle of the night and I'd be on my tummy and I'd be like, oh no, knowing that I have to flip over and I'd have to whack my knee back into place because it would just pop out. So the pain was excruciating. So it was getting to a point that I just couldn't function anymore. And so I yeah, went and had a knee replacement. It was, I was pretty scared about the whole thing, you know, like I, I, I'm not going to lie. I don't like being cut open. I don't like, you know, all of that kind of thing. And the experience itself, um, you know, was, yeah, quite, you know, scary, but that was, but it was, you know, it was fine. But afterwards, they actually, the surgeon told me that he thought that I'd probably only last about five to eight years, um, my knee. Um, I'd since been told that was possibly around 10 years. However, that my recovery was really, really good and really quick um and my knee's been amazing since like I've not had um and I do put it down to lifestyle now as well and the foods that we put into our body and things like that so yeah it's it's yeah it's the best thing I ever did needing to have it done you know it it gave my quality of life back you know so so it's still good it's still motoring along my titanium knee yeah so yeah and what kind of range of motion are you able to, like, are you able to reach back and pick up your ankle from behind in a standing position, like a standard yeah. kind of quadriceps stretch? I, I am. Yeah, I am. I can, I've, I've got full range of motion with it. So um, I guess I'm pretty lucky in that part. Um, they were quite surprised at how quickly I did heal. Um, so I was able to get um, full range of motion pretty quickly. I do do a lot of, you know, exercise and stuff. I keep my body active, so I'm always trying to keep that range of motion going, you know, so that's really an important part of my day-to-day, you know, is, yeah, just to make sure it doesn't seize up and things. So, But, no, I do have full range of motion, yeah. It's brilliant, isn't it? So I had a similar experience. Um, I was absolutely terrified of getting it mm. done. Uh, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of emotion and and worry yeah. going through my mind about it. Yeah, I felt like just like I believe it or not, it felt like just a bigger version of when I got my first steroid injection into the knee. Because in oh. 2009, I felt like I'd failed that I hadn't oh. been able to clear yeah. every joint in my body of inflammation yeah. because I felt like I'd worked it out <laughs> what yeah. to do. And this mm. is early, early developing the Patterson program years. Yeah. Yeah. But the the knee was the non-responder. It wouldn't yeah. it wouldn't do what every other joint would yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so when I got a steroid injection so that I could walk down the aisle uh no, uh, yeah. like the yeah. following yeah. the following week, that felt like a failure. Yet it taught me that sometimes you just need some intervention because I'd done yeah. everything I possibly could. That's right. Yeah. Um, and this felt like oh, I failed again. I felt mm. like a part of me had like almost like yeah. failed the image of which I'd created for myself and the life that yeah. I lead to have to have that done. I thought I was yeah. above yeah. that, but um, the just the, the 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 past damage left me in a position where I was just fighting an yeah. uphill battle. Yeah, yeah. So I was mostly worried about infection, and if if this is the area that most that people need to pay closest attention to about getting any kind of surgical procedure, the risk of infection. And my surgeon was extremely uh, cautious about infection reduction. And so I was scrubbing my body for a whole week of antibacterial skin lotion and up the nose antibiotics, everything, because infections occur mostly with knee knee joints. 
from yeah, the right. patient's own skin bacteria. Yeah, right. I didn't it's know not, that. Yeah. It's not from the surgeons. It's not from the surgical room. It's the skin that is on our own, you know, it's our own yeah, skin yeah, uh, yeah, getting, yeah. getting into our, our joint when we are yeah, under, under operation. And that yeah. bacteria can lodge onto the prosthesis. And because the prosthesis is artificial, it doesn't have blood supply and it doesn't have the normal mm. white, white yeah. blood cell contact. Yeah. Our body can't fight an infection when it's on a foreign yeah. body. Yeah. yeah. Foreign part. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. everything went well. My recovery is great. And touch wood, as they say, all going well, just like you. Absolutely sensational. Yeah. And uh, for those people who are interested more, I, I can do a we maybe you and I can do a whole podcast about yeah. place and some yeah. another. Not yeah, time. that would be amazing. But, but um, also Gabe Golden, who's uh, uh, did a documentary, Lighting the Path series about rheumatoid arthritis reversal. Uh, that everyone should watch, Gabe Golden's yeah. Lighting the Path. Okay. He also had one very similar to me, uh, situation to me. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's it's it really can yeah. be like the greatest thing. Yeah, and I definitely agree. I think I felt that way too. Like I felt like I, you know, I was even doing the kinesiology on it. I was doing everything that I could. And I think when you just kind of have to just let it be for what it is and to know that you've done everything you can and this is just, you know, this is going to give us that quality of life and and the fear around it, you know, like it, it's just that whole because you're so vulnerable, aren't you? So you're so vulnerable and you're you're putting your faith and trust over to somebody else and you're not conscious, you don't know what's happening and don't go YouTubing knee replacements. That's what I did beforehand. I was like, so I was petrified because I kind of knew what was happening. I just don't do it yet. Tell people don't to YouTube it before your surgery. But it was the best thing I've ever done. You know, I, um, yeah, as I said, it gave me that quality of life. I could go walk down on the beach with my daughter again. You know, I could, you know, I could, yeah, I, I yeah, I could, just yeah enjoy life life was sunny again you know not walking around in that constant mind of pain of you know yeah and yeah so it was good took me a while though I don't know about you afterwards because I had that that um, motor pattern developed that I still limped for many years I had to get myself out of that even though my knee was fully functioning I still would limp I still have that was that real brain connection that I had to yeah I had to work on that for a little while which was interesting. I developed problems with my right knee because of the degree of limping that I had been doing leading up to Uh, the... Yeah, right. Yeah. So my limping was so significant leading up to the surgery that uh, my up and down stairs was just awful, awful from a a functional point of view. Uh, And I developed a ton of tendonitis around the right knee. Now, to the point where it was actually really bothersome because I was starting to get worried about that right knee. Now, as soon as I started walking again afterwards mm. and we got off, yeah. the, you know, you push that sort of uh, yeah. like walk, yeah. I think, and you yeah. get onto, you get, you get, you know, onto uh, like a cane or whatever for just a couple of days. But it's remarkable how quick you, you get yourself back on yeah. track. It's like That's within, right. within a week or 10 days or something, you're walking around just trying not to bump into anything or get knocked over by a three-year-old. But yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. besides that, uh, everything's cool. But then the then yeah, as you as you experienced, I had to get things mm. going again on the right knee. Uh, yeah. so yeah. fortunately, fortunately, um, you know, th- things all worked out. But 
you know, it, it's definitely, um, I just wanted to have that discussion and I'm really <laughs> pleased with how it turned out for you. And yeah, likewise, yeah. I don't hear that many bad stories about knee replacements. I really no, don't. Neither do I. Neither. I know, I know. yeah, quite a few people um, here, you know, my mum's, a lot of my mum's friends and things are getting, you know, knee replacements and things. And the knee replacement seems to be the quicker recovery as well than, than the hips and things. So, yeah, I think... I think it's not as scary as we think. I think once we get over ourselves and the whole idea of it, then um, you know, it's it's a yeah. If it's needed, it's needed, right? And then oh, you can. That's yeah. exactly right. If yeah. you do absolutely everything yeah. you possibly oh, can, yeah. and yeah. you are still walking around, and it's and it's creating pain, it's keeping you up at night. The mm. e- X-rays show tremendous yeah. degradation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then as Dr. Nisha Menick, again, uh, to, to quote her, she said, take advantage of the technology. Yeah, it's that's there. right. It's there. Yeah. And the technology is remarkable. Our, my yeah. operation was done under, you know, my uh, a robotic. It was robotic guided. Yeah, I had specific scans done prior to get a three-dimensional map of my entire leg. And then oh, they plug cool. it into a computer and the robot does the whole thing. God, that's, yeah. that's kind of cool and kind of creepy all at the same time. <laughs> I know. And and my surgeon said they got to within one millimetre of the alignment that was originally configured oh. into the – oh, knocked over my, my <laughs> microphone um, – uh, within one millimetre of the um, – of the position that was intended originally. Crazy. I mean, yeah. yeah it's- my surgeon, um, when he showed me the x-rays, and that of my, he, he was just – Dumb. He couldn't believe that I was functioning with my knee the way that it was. It was just pure bone on bone, and even the bone itself had worn away because I was just, yeah. And I think, I don't know, your pain level, your pain tolerance just kind of, kind of after years and years of having this pain, you're like, yeah, well, I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> you just get so used to living with it, don't you? Uh, and then when not? you don't have it, you're like, my God, this, like, life's amazing. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I got two funny stories to share with you. The, well, not funny, but like just, you know, to illustrate your point. So one was we had a member inside rheumatoid support who broke her toe and oh. went six months before having it checked out and thought oh. it was just rheumatoid. Oh, it's funny. <laughs> yeah, you just put everything down to rheumatoid, don't you? Like, oh, well, it's just that. Yeah, that's right. That's funny. That's right. So it's like, oh, it's just another excruciating yeah. pain. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then, uh, and then, likewise, my 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 knee, it was just like a train wreck. Right, and mm. it, it had to do bone on bone behind the the patella and both yeah. both of the chambers inside. So, oh, um, and yeah. it, but it it had been like that. Mm. It had been like that yeah. for ten years. Yeah, right? so, yeah. So I'm I'm used to seeing that X-ray, but like, so yeah. I meet the surgeon for the first time, and he and he sort of just nods at me as he walks into <laughs> my tiny little room after I'd waited for an hour. Oh, he had a, he had a, an, a like a a protege with him, or like someone who was trained. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like a student. Some, yeah. A yeah, student, yeah. yeah, yeah, and so he just looks at the X-ray, and they must have stared at that thing for like five to ten minutes, <laughs> and the surgeon. Was who's very highly regarded Florida-based surgeon, right. Right? where yeah, all yeah. these knee replacements are at the forefront of the world because it's all rich people and old, and they yeah. all just want to yeah. get replacements, yeah. everything. Yeah, and and he's just looking at thing, and he's like, 
uh, and see here, this leg doesn't even look like it's the same leg as this, uh, <laughs> as this other leg because this one has bone density and this one has totally lost its bone density because he's been limping on this and weight, not weight bearing and all this. Oh, he's, my he's, God. He's, the three chambers here and there's no life left in it. <laughs> and then eventually, eventually he looks at me because this whole time he just looked at his associate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he just, he, he just turns around the most strongest American draw and he just goes, <laughs> your knee is shot. You need a new knee like that. And that was like, it's that so was it. funny. It's <laughs> so funny. Your knee yeah. is shot. You well, they initially thought because of my age, they weren't going to give me the knee replacement. Because I wasn't, you know, I wasn't elderly. I wasn't, like, so they thought that um, I, I almost, because I went under the public system in, um, in Australia and it was, it was almost like because I wasn't going to get, you know, so in 10 years' time, they thought I'd have to have another one. So I was almost yeah. going to be an expense for them. So I had to plead my case. Was I had to take my daughter into the appointment and say, look, you know, I'm a mum, you know, stay at my mum. And just to, and finally, there was one amazing surgeon who, he said, yep, okay, I'll do it. And, um, but yeah, which was interesting. I was like, well, I think uh, the younger ones would be more like, yeah. let's give them more, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But anyway. yeah, yeah. No, you're totally right. Um, yeah. And the surgeon I saw in Australia, um, he he basically said, look, the guidelines are you try and get to 52 or 54, one of those. Oh, two. yeah. Yeah, right. Um, and uh, so for me, you know, that was a while, that was still a while. I'm 46 now. So like that was, yeah. you know, going to be a while away. And I'm like, yeah, no worries. Because then we went to the States and then it all went boom, downhill. And yeah. that's when I yeah. started seeing surgeons thinking about, it. I just saw him because almost like as a, almost got a premonition or something. Like I'm just going to oh, go yeah. and talk to a surgeon and see where my knee's at after 10 years. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then all hell broke loose later. Um, but anyway, look, I was the same deal, and yeah. I, I was concerned because of my age. I said, look, am I going to have this done? And then in 20 years, let's say even 15 to 20 years, I'm going to need it done again. And then because mm. when you have it done the second time, they have to remove some of your own yeah. bone tissue. I know, yeah. Which means that really you can only have it done twice. Yeah, I know. Because you run out of your own bone. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. However... My surgeon, he said, relax. He said, everything's <laughs> compartmentalized. He said, yeah, yeah. when it comes time for you to have a revision, which is the technical term, yeah. uh, he said, we're just going to go in. We're going to get the, the poly, the polyethylene uh, oh, yeah. cart the cartilage yeah. equivalent. Cartilage, yeah. He said, he says, we'll pop it out. <laughs> we'll put a new one in and you'll be good to go. Ah, oh, see, perfect. Exactly. That's the support you need. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so, that's yeah. awesome. So, look, whether or not that will actually happen remains to be seen because it depends yeah. on how the prosthesis is, prosthesis, prosthetic, whatever, is sitting yeah. and yeah. all that sort of stuff. But, look, um, I think uh, I think that, you know, if people, mm. if people are curious, go for it. It's, yeah. Uh, it, yeah, it, it certainly been sounds like great for you, great for me. So. Yeah, definitely. For, yeah. Now, now for those people who aren't interested whatsoever in knee replacement discussions, welcome back. Um, we, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. Hi. <laughs> we, we were on we were on your story, but um, look, yeah. that discussion needed to be had because we haven't talked about it anywhere else, and there's people yeah. ask me, and then there was an opportunity yeah, yeah. for us to. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Thank you, and thank you to those who who uh, are with us who weren't. Uh, as as in need of that information right now, but it'll be there for you in the future to come back on. <laughs> uh, you've done the Patterson program. 
Um, just tell us the sort of the, the highlights, the challenges and the successes of that. Yes, yeah, sure. So I actually stumbled across you probably about six years ago now um, when I saw your story. Um, and I was still, you know, at that time, still having the anti-inflammatories and still in a lot of pain, trying to manage my pain and all of that kind of carry on. Um, so I saw your program, but I actually sat on it for about a year. I didn't do it straight away. I knew I knew that I, you know, that I needed to do, but I, um, I didn't jump into it straight away. I then, five years ago, my dad passed away. And it was after and going through that emotional grief and that trauma of that, the arthritis in my body just went through the roof. Like it was just the most pain that I've had ever since I was diagnosed at 15. Like it was just excruciating. And we were in Perth at the time. Um, and, you know, it's summer in Perth. It gets pretty hot, you know, like 40 plus degrees. And we just had a sweet fan in our bedroom. And so I would sleep with just a sheet on me at night. And it was that bad that I couldn't even lift the sheet off the off the off me. Like my, the pain down my arms was just excruciating. I um I couldn't brush my hair. The inflammation in my hands were 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 massive. That that sitting on my hands wasn't working, obviously. Um, and I couldn't brush my hair. I couldn't dress myself. My daughter at the time she was ten, she would have to you know dress me and brush my hair. And and it was at that point I was like, okay, if I don't do something now then I am going to be in that wheelchair. You know, that that rheumatologist all those years ago, he's going to prove me wrong. You know, I'm going to be in that wheelchair. So I got to your program and I pretty much right then and there started it. And so it was overnight for me. I didn't kind of ease into it. I was like, I've just got to do it. I had that motivation, I guess, of that pain. Um, I was under a doctor at the time, just purely because I wanted to, I wanted to see what my bloods were doing. So I wanted to be able to to monitor it and um, so yeah, I, I didn't really have any challenges as such for you, on your program. Like I, I think I was in such, I was really at that, that point in my life where it was a no brainer. You know, I had that, that motivation. I couldn't, you know, I wasn't able to function. I was, you know, it's even with my emotions, you know, I was angry. I was frustrated because when you're in pain, you know, it's just all so consuming. I couldn't, you know, and so I was, I, so with your program, for me, it almost felt like it was home. I don't know. I can't explain it. It was almost like I had someone there that I could um, that I could trust that was that was helping me. I guess I don't. I can't explain it because I'd I'd been let down so much by the medical system that all of a sudden it was like here's something that that actually resonates with me so powerfully. And then I started. And when when I first got my blood done, that that's when they were. Oh, they were so high. They've always been so high, the CRP levels. So they were in the 100, just over 100. I started your program and within two months, I think probably around two months, I went and had my bloods done again and my CRP level was down to three. And the doctor, even at that point, she was like, so I told her what I was doing. I, I emailed her all your stuff. I emailed your, net, your links. I emailed everything. I'm like, you've just got to, you know, you've got to look into this. You've got to see this. And, and so anyway, so she said, she couldn't believe the the results. And she said to me, she goes, so you're just doing this just by nutrition, just by food. And I'm like, well, primarily, yes, I'm eliminating certain foods, but introducing certain foods. But I'm also looking at my mental health. I'm looking at, you know, stresses within my whole, I'm looking at the whole holistic self, right? And that's what it should be about. And so she was just like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> I mean, it was, she was seeing it black and white in front of you, but still kind of, yeah, which was frustrating. but. 
And I remember um, there was one point I was in there and I mean, her and I got on really well. Like we had a really good relationship. So, you know, we'd talk about it and I'd tell her what I was doing and she would probably roll her eyes most of the time, but would have a, you know, a joke about it. But there was one point she said to me um, in one of my appointments, she said, oh, my daughter, um, my friend's daughter has just been diagnosed with juvenile rheumatoid um, at 11. And I said, oh, wow. I said, well, great. Are you, are you letting them know like what's, what's, you know, what you've seen with the results with what I'm doing um, with, you know, your program? Have you, and she just said, um, well, no, no, no. She, my friend's a nurse. She wouldn't want a bar of that. And I was just like, I was just gobsmacked. And I just said, I couldn't, yeah, couldn't believe it anyway. But anyway, everyone's got their own journey, right? So, yeah. So no, I, um, I just haven't looked back since that. That was five years ago now. And I still eat the plant-based diet. So I've been like that for, for the five years. Um, and I still go back to your program. I have your, you know, all the recipes. I love loads of the recipes. So if I do have a bit of a, a reaction to a certain food, you know, if I've been a bit naughty and eaten, you know, what we call the old vegan junk food or anything like that, then, then I will, um, yeah, I'll go back to the baseline really and just, you know, give myself a good body, a good clearing. And normally now, because it's been this long, it will only take me, 24 hours and I'm back to where I was. So the pain's short and quick now. So it doesn't stick around, which is, um, which is good. And it's so empowering. You know, that's what I've found has been the most amazing thing is, you know, when you, you're given this diagnosis and this, and these scripts and everything, and then feel almost like you hand yourselves over to the people that, that are there meant to help you, then taking that power back to yourself and seeing how you can do that for yourself and heal yourself and, you know, so for me, that empowering was the, yeah, was such the motivator as well, which was pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, beyond cool. Yeah, this is yeah. what I call the complete confidence and control. State. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You, yeah. You, you're rocking it. You're you are the puppeteer of your yeah. own life and you are. health. Yeah. You are. Yeah, and yeah. you just really get to know your body. Like you can, you know, just even kind of going, oh, yeah, okay, what's that ache and pain? And being able to identify where that's come from and why, you know, and and it's just, yeah, I mean, I think it's just that in itself, just, you know, even on an emotional level, you know, by by having that kind of state of balance emotionally and knowing that you're taking some power back, that I believe is is healing on its own level, you know. So, yeah. Absolutely. It's, yeah. It's, because you start to, you know, feel this, uh, you know, we again this word control. Um, you start to feel empowered, and mm. these start to, I guess, create these happiness hormones of, of yeah, that absolutely associated that we know are associated yeah. with anti-inflammatory. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And I guess when we feel out of control, it's a it's it's a state of fear, isn't it? It is, and we all know what stress yeah. does to the body, right? So it's the stress that will cause the disease. So if we can eliminate that stress at that baseline as well, or not at the baseline, but ensuring that we look at the whole holistic self and not just foods, but also your mental health and, and everything like that, then it, that's in itself is, you know, that's where the magic happens, I believe. So, mm -hmm. yeah. That puts more clarity around something that I sort of did without uh, much sort of intellect, um, which yeah. was just wanting at the time, again, rewinding to about 2009, 2010. I just, when I found something that worked, I just lived Groundhog Day over yeah. and over and yeah. over again. Yeah. Yeah. And 
one of the main reasons is because it made me feel like I was safe, just yeah. in a safe yeah. position. Yeah, and, yeah. And and uh, and I felt like if I can do long, long periods of feeling safe, then there has mm. to be lots of healing going on on the inside. So yep. maybe in the Definitely. future I can eat some lentils, or maybe in the future yeah. I can have some white yeah. rice. Or, yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, this feeling of um, you know safeness, security, yep. empowerment. Yep. Yeah, it's all crucial. Right. Absolutely crucial, yeah. isn't it? It is. And I think as well, it's, you know, not I don't even say to myself that I'm never going to be able to eat this food again or I'm never going to be able to do that again. You know, it's I just stick with, well, today I don't. Today my body likes it this way. And I think if we don't put that, well, I found for myself, if I don't put that huge like end date or whatever on, then it, the actual journey is a lot easier. And it's actually, you don't feel like you're missing out. You don't, you know, people would, they don't so much anymore but back in the day they would say don't you miss blue cheese or don't you miss and I'd be like no because it looks like a wheelchair <laughs> and there's no way that I'm going to be no there's no way I'm going to be taking it so you, you change your relationship with the food when you see that the food is healing you you know so then it's kind of like ah, we don't get on so no I'm not going to have that blue cheese you know but who knows maybe in a few years or I might try it I don't think I will, but, you know, it's still, yeah, it still could be an option. Who knows? Yeah, I love it. It's like you don't completely categorise yourself as rigid. No. You just make no. choices that support yeah. you. Yeah. The choices change. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Dr. McDougall even, I forget what he eats once a year, but he just does it to prove this point emphatically. Oh, yeah. I think once a year, oh, I don't want to. I don't want to say anything out of line here, but I believe once a year he, let's say, he eats outside of his recommendations. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, and I don't even, I can't recall the specifics of what that is. It might not be animal products, but it might be like he might eat like a whole bunch of nuts or something, which he yeah, doesn't actually yeah. recommend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. he does it just to say, look, I eat for optimal health. That's what yeah. I do. I'm not typecast yeah. as a vegan or I'm not yeah. a plant-based person. Yeah. I just eat for health. And so that's right. So tell us about the kinesiology and how did you get into that? How do you use it on yourself? How do you use it for patients? How can we use it ourselves at home? Sure. So, well, kinesiology, I got into that when I was, um, oh, God, 16 years ago. So when um, we were trying to fall pregnant and I couldn't, you know, we struggled with falling pregnant. Um, so I'd been trying for a number of yeah for a year or so, and a friend of mine then said, "Why don't you go see a kinesiologist?" And I had no idea what a what kinesiology was at that time, but because it was holistic health, I was like, "Well, I've got nothing to lose." So I went along and saw her, and not only we did full pregnant, so she helped us full pregnant because she not only looked at the physical because I had a lot of um, I was high acidic, you know, high acidity in my body with the rheumatoid arthritis at the time, so it was. Due to that was why I was struggling to fall pregnant was because of the RA. So just through, yeah, through different means and different ways, she was able to, um, you know, balance that emotional side of things, um, you know. So, so yes, yeah, so pretty much within um, a short amount of time, we did fall pregnant, um, which was great. And that's, you know, the, I kind of was so blown away by how not only physically, but how emotionally and things that I just felt better I felt calmer I felt um happier you know life just felt a bit easier and I'm like I just I wanted to learn I wanted to learn what she did I was like how, how do you do that and 
I wanted to do it just for my friends and family though. Like I never had any kind of idea to go out into business or do anything. It was just more that I was just intrigued and I wanted to be able to help my family and friends. And then, so when we were in Perth, um, we lived in Perth and that's where I decided to study. There was a, a great college in Perth um, and O'Neill Kinesiology. And so I studied under them and did, um, yeah, it's a three-year advanced diploma in kinesiology, um, which was, which is, yeah, which is pretty amazing. The way that it works is the holistic side. So we look at the presenting complaint, whatever it might be, whatever it can be anything, hormonal, digestive, anxiety, um, structural, any type of presenting um, complaint that you may have. Um, and then, but we won't just look at the symptom there because we're not really too, too, you know, worried about the symptom as such. So by using muscle testing, which is our primary tool, we will then identify within your body where you're holding stresses. So those stresses can be physical, emotional, um, you know, so we look at the whole shebang really, identify where those stresses are, and then we use kinesiology corrective techniques to balance them out. So that's where the more holistic side comes in. So the whole idea of it is that kinesiology will identify you, ident- you tell the kinesiologist through muscle testing, through your own biofeedback, where your stresses are and how you need to heal them. So again, it's all about and you know being facilitator of the person's healing. So we don't heal the person or we don't fix the person. We just facilitate that for within the person themselves. So yeah, it's pretty, it's a pretty amazing thing. I mean, I could go on about it for, for hours. Like I just the changes I see, not only myself, but what I've seen in people over the years is just, yeah, um, it's it's a pretty amazing um modality, I must say. Yeah. Yeah. And it's quite different to all the other modalities. You know, as you say, it's very, it's very self-diagnostic, but you can't, well, certainly someone who hasn't had the training doesn't, don't know how to do that self-diagnosis. But when your body, for example, uh, you ask a question and the body just has weakness on Mm. that particular, you know, it does send a pretty strong signal to the practitioner that there's something happening there. It does. And that is identified through that biofeedback. So it's through the muscle state. So if you even imagine if you go and you lift up a really heavy suitcase and you all of a sudden let go of it without actually even registering to go, oh, that's heavy, let it go. That's your biofeedback system kicking in to go and it goes from your muscle to your brain going, that's heavy, that's heavy, that's stress, let it go. So that's all happened in a matter of a split second. So that's the same thing what we do is we use your muscles to identify stress within the body and your body will, your muscle will change state to identify that biofeedback stress. So the whole time we're talking to your subconscious brain. So your subconscious is where your blueprint is. That's where all your good stuff is and all your emotional traumas, all your experiences. Mm -hmm. So that's what we access to facilitate the healing, to eliminate that type of stuff. Because this old conscious mind of ours just gets in the way. So we don't want to talk to that one. We want to talk to your subconscious. But but yeah, it's um and the beautiful thing about it is um, you know, I do have a lot of kids that come to see to see me and it's been um it's been identified as almost like non-talking therapy. So you don't have to talk at all through this session. You can well, you can talk as much as you like, you can do what you like, but you don't need to um to do anything because your body is telling the practitioner through through the muscle. So it's really effective for kids, um, especially for anxiety and things like that, which is great, which I, I love to see, you know, love to see that. Um, but yeah, so it's pretty, yeah, it's pretty cool. 
my only experience with kinesiology was um, when I was doing food sensitivity tests. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Back uh, this again in that era of sort of 2007 to 2009, yeah. looking for, you know, any insights I could gain around foods that were, you know, going to be mm. helpful, uh, yeah. not helpful. And of course, in this exploratory years, um, mm. you know, we were testing different meats and yeah, yeah, all sorts of processed, you know, yeah. processed snacks and all sorts of stuff because yeah, yeah, you know, this was really sort of new territory. And so, yes, uh, and the process was to raise my arm up and then to ask me question and then yeah. uh, uh, and yeah. then apply pressure to my arm and my ability to resist that um, consistently applied yeah. pressure indicated sort of my subconscious connection with those foods and so on so i just wanted to share that in case people were wondering what actually happens it's 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 just basically you know you you're getting applied pressure from the practitioner onto an arm for example and then your ability to resist that pressure indicates uh your response yeah yeah and i do do a a lot of nutritional testing um with you know people who are wanting to see, you know, a lot of sensitivities, food sensitivities, as well as intolerances. Um, and we do, as you say, we use muscle testing to identify what may stress your body out or what, what you know, or what is okay for your body. Um, I guess from where I've been trained, the level up from that then is then I want to identify which organ it's stressing out. So whether it's your stomach, your small intestine, your large intestine, or wherever in your body, also your brain. And then we go on to finding out where those stresses are located and then we want to facilitate the healing of that. So the whole idea is this, you might be intolerant to it now, but let's look at, you know, sessions over time, including the emotional components that you may have to get you to a point where you can have that food. You know, it's no longer a sensitivity. So, yeah, so you get the information, which is great, but then we want to do something with that information and we want to facilitate that healing. So, yeah, which is... What's the the name of your practice? Um, kinesiology.co.nz is my website. Oh, what a, what a URL kinesiology.co.nz. That's the sort of, uh, the New Zealand equivalent of like, uh, kinesiology.com. .com.au. Yeah. Or .au. Yeah. I know I was weird when I, cause I just kind of re moving back to New Zealand because I've only been back here the last five years and I rebranded and everything. And when I went to that URL, I was like, I cannot believe that that's actually still available, but yeah, yeah which is pretty, yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. Back mm-hmm. in the day, I had clint.com.au. Uh, oh, you know, did which you? Was, which was fun. And on my number plate was just Clint on my car. <laughs> and I had that for 10 years. Oh, cool. Um, and yeah. I got I got sick of people driving by me drunk on a Saturday night, and then they'd wind down the window and say, "Hey, Clint, Clint," and I would turn. Think, <laughs> yeah. Must be a must be a buddy of mine, and it was just some. <laughs> That's idiot so funny. Who'd see yeah. my number plate, and uh, and and wanted to wanted to have some fun. That used to happen. <laughs> Once so every one or two weeks, I'd get someone yell out Clint to me as they drive by. <laughs> well, do you know what, Clint? I'd I'd be yelling out to you too. I mean, you can't let that go past without yelling out. <laughs> so, Especially if you so, get a few wines or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, so when we traded in the car to get something that was uh, could fit a baby because it was a yeah. two-door, mm. um, we I actually uh, declined uh, to keep the plates. I said just I didn't want yeah. them. I don't want people yeah. yelling at me when I'm a father with a kid in the back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <clears throat> yeah. And then. And then the clint.com that I use, uh, uh, an IT friend of mine was managing that URL. And um, 
and I couldn't get a hold of him, and and the thing didn't renew. Like I didn't, he didn't oh. renew it for me, and I I lost access to it. So, um, oh, not that I that. not that I want that anymore either. Yeah, yeah. We had a guest who's a very very much loved member. Um, we had a guest on our podcast who's also a much loved member of Rheumatoid Support, who's, uh, yeah. uh, uh, whose name is Carrie. And uh, she, she's a wonderful lady who also had a lot of kidney trouble. Now, oh, yeah. her, she almost had like, she was like down to like 30% functionality on her kidneys. Wow. Um, yeah, right. Which after doing our program, then she got back up into the 60% and she's been yeah. able to have good quality kidney yeah. health ever since. Since, great, great. With that, I wanted to ask how your kidneys are, given that this was yeah. an issue that you experienced back in your yeah. 20, 20 years. So that's fine, absolutely fine. I mean, I actually, um, yeah, probably within, yeah, within six months, they were improving. And then they're absolute, they're fine now, full functioning. I get bloods. It was so interesting. And even my iron levels as well had always been low, always been low. And after my first lot of, um, my first lot or second lot of blood tests, my iron levels went through the roof. Um, well, went a lot high, and they thought I had hematomacrosis. So, and then so, but when I went and hit them again, they were normal. And it was almost like same with my kidneys and things that the body just wasn't. It was healing itself, and it wasn't stressed out. So my body just started functioning properly. And my levels ever since the last, I'll get bloods every you know every year. I'll get my bloods done, and I've just had them done recently um, as well. And all my levels of are perfectly fine I don't have um you know I've still got the RA obviously I still have the disease which you know want to get rid of that but I, I've heard that's a bit tricky to actually get rid of it but so I still have that but yeah all my other levels are um are fine kidneys fine liver's fine yeah all of yeah I'm fine <laughs> tremendous well yeah that was the last question I had for you thank you yeah. so much for everything that you've shared we you know, we we spent some time on the knee replacement. I hope that's valuable to people. We covered your backstory. We talked about the methotrexate. We talked about, you know, kinesiology. We talked about how, you know, we still need to be careful of these food sensitivities and emotional yeah. sensitivities. Yeah. You yeah. Know? And so, you know, it's uh, it's about now uh, not getting complacent and it's about yeah. just, you know, keeping yeah. up the things that have gotten you to this place and to just yeah. continue to roll them out. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So thank you. It's been a pleasure to meet you and um, yeah. uh, well done for all that you've done with your health and sounds like your business is going well. So, yeah. It's good. Great. Well that's great. Well, thanks for having me, Clint. Like, yeah, it's pretty, yeah. I'm very honoured to be on your podcast, I must say. So thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to Rheumatoid Solutions. If you'd like to get more help to live an easier, healthier, and happier life, visit rheumatoidsolutions.com.